Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the P100D is real and it's amazing. I discuss what it might mean for Model 3, plus the other new changes Tesla made to the Model S this week. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. It's episode 56 for August 28th, 2016. And I'll tell you, today, August 28th, the day of the publish of this show, it is the 10th birthday of my faithful, beloved canine companion slash occasional co-host, occasional snoring co-host, Maggie the Boxer, who is currently napping away on the floor next to me. And I got to tell you, you know, it's, she's a boxer, you know, she's 10, so she's no spring chicken at this point. And she's got the bad leg, which has been, the rehab's been going well in the, in the water tank on the, on the treadmill. Um, she's, you know, she's got nerve damage and it's, she's, her leg's never quite going to be the same. She's always going to be dragging it at least a little bit. She's always going to have to wear a kind of shoe when, when we walk, otherwise her, her nails will just continue to bleed because she, she drags the foot, but um, she's doing well overall. You know, some of you have a write in or tweet me asking from time to time, and I always appreciate those uh, concerned inquiries. She's doing well, but you know, for for those of you who are dog people, you know, you know, you know what these guys mean to us. And and I won't get into the whole sob story with you, but the short version is, you know, Maggie's not only my first dog. I grew up with a family dog who Maggie's actually named after. It was a, it was a, a terrier mix mutt named Maggie when I was a kid, but. Um, you know, this Maggie, Maggie the Boxer, my Maggie, she, she is my, my first dog, but she also means an extra lot because uh, I got married young and divorced ugly, uh, and, and here I had nobody. You know, I had no, fam- I, I had no family in the area, in the Bay Area, and I really didn't have a lot of friends in the Bay Area, too. I kind of just was all about work, you know, at that, at that age in my life. And, I mean, I still arguably am, but at least uh, got a little better balance now. But anyway, so, you know, this dog, Maggie, was all I had through that divorce, through that really difficult time. And she really kept me. I would come home, and she would just be happy and excited to see me. And she would get me out of the house because I needed to walk her every day. And so, you know, this dog really kept my head above water, emotionally speaking, during that tough time, and and you know, I'll, I'll any other dog that ever comes into my life will always have to live up to that. But you know, I, I love this dog to pieces, and I'm so happy that she's ten, and hopefully she's going to continue to be with me and healthy and and happy for for a long, long time. But happy birthday, Maggie! I know you're napping right now. You're not even listening to this, but anyway, let's get on with the Tesla news of the week. And it's uh, another big week of Tesla news. It seems like nary a week goes by, and you probably heard about it. The P100D became official, and my goodness. So Elon Musk tweeted out, uh, I believe it was Tuesday morning, saying, uh, "Product Tesla product announcement coming at noon Pacific. I immediately tweeted my reply, thinking that it was probably the P100D, uh, which a lot of people thought as well. The other common response to Elon's tweet was that uh, what if, if this is going to be a, an unveil and an official rollout of the 8.0 firmware for the cars. And now the 8.0 firmware did come up, the journalist Q&A after the announcement, which unfortunately I have not been able to find uh, a transcript of, let alone actual sound clips that I could play on the podcast, which I like to do. But uh, he did address the 8.0 firmware update, which someone asked him about, and he said it is in final review. So if you are an S or an X owner, I would look for that probably within about 30 days, you know, probably 60 tops, barring anything that could go wrong, which you know, that, is, that is why it goes into final review, to try and catch any last-minute things that might have slipped through the cracks. It's funny how Tesla refers to it as final review. In the video game world, this would be referred to as certification. So it's strange how different different industries, I guess, refer to these software milestones differently. But uh, the P100D is real. We all knew it was coming. I mean, I've done a couple of shows about it, from the initial the initial sort of hack discovery to the uh, you know the Netherlands version of the DMV sort of listing it, and then the 
uh, tire rack, listing it in their database. So the, where there's smoke, there's fire, and now the fire is real, and it is hot, my friends. My goodness. I tell you, I've been buzzing about this all week, and yes, I'm a Tesla fanboy. I readily admit that. But th- this is just more than I would have possibly imagined it to be because, as you probably heard, it is 0 to 60 for the Model S in 2.5 seconds with 45 to 65 mile an hour passing speed in 1.2 seconds, which seems to be a direct sort of uh, addressing of, you know, remember insane mode when that first hit really kind of tailed off after 30 miles an hour and certainly after 60 miles an hour. So they're saying, Tesla's saying the P100D will pull strong up through 65, even if you happen to already be going 45 at the time. And get this, uh, 315 mile range in the performance car. In the performance car. Now the 100D, the non-performance version of this, is due, quote, several months later. So I suppose we should look for this probably end of this year, if not early in 2017. And Mike, what kind of range is that going to have? Because the performance version always takes a penalty. It's a pretty minor penalty on the Model X, possibly because of the weight situation, the added weight. But it's, it's you know, it's been a, a, a not insignificant range penalty on Model S. So, I mean, is the 100D going to be looking at 340, maybe even 350 miles range? That's with a, with a probably, you know, impressive 0 to 60 time, probably right around 4 flat. If the, the 90D is about 4.2 seconds quick to 60 miles an hour. So just incredibly impressive on both the range front and the performance front. 2.5 seconds. I mean, when I, I... I've driven the insane mode car, the P85D, which I reviewed for, for IGN in... Gosh, it was just last year. It was barely over a year ago. And, you know, that's a, that's a three-point... At the time, it was 3.2 seconds. Then they managed to software tweak the algorithm on the inverter to get it to 3.1. And now, 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds, besting the current P90D Ludicrous by a full three-tenths of a second, which is just incredible. I mean, Tesla claims it is the quickest, not fastest, the quickest production... By the way, that, that sound, if you could hear that, that was Maggie dragging her foot on the hardwood floor, so that's what that sounds like. But Tesla claims the P100D Ludicrous is the quickest production car in the world. He, they cite the LaFerrari, Ferrari LaFerrari, and a, a Porsche, whose name I didn't write down, it's not in front of me, as quicker to 60, but those cars are not in active production. So as far as a new car you can buy today that is in production, the P100D, the quickest car in the world. I... I really want to get in one of these things to try it because insane mode was mind blowing to me. Insane mode was, I mean, you felt the gut punch like a roller coaster. You know, I talked about, I just got back from Disneyland and that California screaming roller coaster that you get in it, it comes around the corner, it stops and then does a countdown. It's like five, four, three, two, one, go. And you rock it out and it really feels like the P85D did. I wonder, it would be cool to actually clock that roller coaster to see if it is comparable to a Tesla. But anyway, as Maggie the Boxer chugs some water in the background, 2.5 seconds, I can't, I've never been in a ludicrous car. Uh, again, only only the insane. I really want to try this. Somehow, some way. I hope I can get a shot. That's crazy. 2.5 is, is unreal. And bravo to Tesla. It's just an incredible. As for the Model X, if you're curious, uh, obviously the 100 kilowatt hour battery providing an extra uh, important benefit there because you know you, the, the, the range on the X, not as good because of the added weight to the car. So 0 to 60 in the Model X 100D Ludicrous, 2.9 seconds. Under three seconds for a 5,500-pound SUV that seats up to seven human beings. 
2.9 seconds with 1.4 second passing speed from that 45 to 65. And uh, the range number, pretty good, 289 miles of EPA rated range for the 100, P100D Ludicrous Model X. Uh, Chief Technology Officer J.B. Straubel and, of course, Tesla co-founder J.B. Straubel commenting on the new battery packs that are making this possible. Quote, it is a pretty big change on the battery module and pack technology. It's a complete redo of the cooling system, which is quite unique to Tesla and that we have been improving on for many years. This new pack is the next version of that. And Straubel confirmed, this is via Electrek, by the way, that some of those improvements from the battery pack will make it into the Model 3, quote, some of the key improvements that enabled the new packs uh, are directly on the roadmap for the technologies that make Model 3 possible, end quote. So uh, my dream to maybe somehow, some way, get a ludicrous Model 3 the, the the fire on that has only been stoked with this because, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a second. Elon Musk's comment on this, he, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're not just screwing around for rich people here. Elon saying, quote, yes, it's an expensive car, but that is what is paying for the Model 3, both in terms of free cash flow and learning more about its core technology, end quote. With Elon, by the way, also noting that they're, quote, very close to the theoretical limit of performance with this battery form factor. So buckle up for the 2170 form factor. Remember the new taller cell form factor that we talked about that's going to be going into every single Model 3 and, of course, eventually every Tesla, the Model S and the Model X eventually, too, coming out of the Gigafactory. Now, there have been some design studio changes to go with this as well. P90D is still available, but no, but not with Ludacris. Ludacris is now reserved for the P100D, and in fact, the P100D is only available with Ludacris. There is no insane version of that, so they've sort of separated those out. I would suspect maybe in time, the the 90 pack is going to disappear entirely. Uh, that's probably once the 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 vanilla 100D arrives. If I had to guess, I mean, you know, we saw Tesla phase out the 70s. We've seen them phase out the 85s. This is this is sort of par for the course when they upgrade the battery pack. Also, though, what's interesting, the P90D Insane does live on for now. And in the design studio, it shows a flat 3.0 second, 0 to 60 time, which is uh, quicker by one-tenth. It used to show 3.1. So I thought that was an interesting tweak there. Also new in the design studio, the Model X seats, which I have sat in and which I love. They are so, so comfortable. They're they're referred to as uh, Tesla premium seats in the design studio. They are now available on the Model S, but only on performance models, either P90D or P100D. Even better, and this is something I had just tweeted Elon recently, predictably got no response, but again, you never know. Sometimes he'll reply to you if you catch him at the right time with the right question. The synthetic white interior, the ultra white interior, now available on Model S. I had wondered. It made no sense why it was not available on the S and it was on the X, uh, but and now it is here, only, unfortunately... On that per, those performance models, which I, I, my best guess here is that it's collateral damage because they're already making the X seats in white, but not the Model S next-gen seats. They'd have to make them, you know, they'd have to start a new sort of production line, and, and that would be a new product from scratch. Whereas if they just offer the Model X seats, the quote-unquote Tesla premium seats, they're already making those in white, so there's no... No new additional effort needed there. So you can now get a white, ultra-white interior, the synthetic leather interior in uh, a Model S, provided you pony up for one of the performance models. And that's going to look real pretty. Uh, that is, the, the, I love the white interior. I'm so glad to see it available 
on the S as well as the X. And we've already seen it in the three on the, on the prototype, the very one I wrote in, the silver prototype. So hopefully that is in fact going to make it to production because I have every intention of ordering that ultra white interior. So let's talk about what this means for the Model 3 because uh, I would suspect many of us listening to the show, including the host making the show here, cannot afford the P100D as much as we might like to. I wonder now, with a Tesla up to 2 point, or down to 2.5 seconds, depending on how you want to look at it for acceleration, I, this, this only raises the bar for what's going to be possible with the Model 3 because, remember, the Model 3 is roughly 90% of the overall size of the Model S. It is not that much smaller of a car. It's narrower. That's kind of the majority of where the volume difference comes from, as well as uh, it's, it's a bit shorter on both the front and the back. The cabin seems largely the same, but you know this is still going to be a big car. I've seen it. I've ridden in it. Uh, it's, it's going to be a good-sized car, and the wheelbase is fairly comparable between the S and, and the 3. Therefore, you know, the, the size of the battery pack in the 3 can be fairly close to what Tesla is doing, what, is, what they're putting into the Model S. Now, I wouldn't expect a 100-kilowatt-hour pack available in the Model 3, certainly not in day one. But I think because, again, it's going to be the new form factor, which is taller, uh, and with a new cell chemistry, I think it's very reasonable to expect a, an 80, maybe even an 85 kilowatt hour battery in the top end of the Model 3. Now, as far as acceleration goes, Again, with 2.5 on the S in Ludicrous, we know there is a Ludicrous mode on Model 3. I've talked about this before. I thought maybe, you know, mid 3 is at the worst, low 3 is at the best. I now think uh, that, that a 3 flat or even maybe a little better could be possible. And as for the range... You know, we know 215 is the base range for the for the the base car that's $35,000. I think a 300 mile Model 3 is very much in play now. Very very much in play. I've I've you know, there's a big spread between 215 and 3. Big spread. But Tesla has that same spread on the S and the X too. To a, you know, the, the, obviously the X doesn't quite get to 300 yet, but I had thought for quite a while that the 3 was only going to debut with two battery pack options. You know, the let's call it a, a 55 kilowatt hour car for the for the uh, 215 mile pack and then maybe a 75 kilowatt hour car. But now I'll tell you with that kind of spread, 215 for the base miles of range. And I've got to think that 300 is in play on the 3. I I really think that we're going to be looking at three battery pack options, uh, which means I probably need to revise my pricing expectation, and unfortunately it means raise it up. Uh, Because, by the way, Autopilot, uh, as part of this week's changes, increased in price from $2,500 pre-delivery to $3,000 pre-delivery, so a 20% increase there. Although, in my, in my opinion, yes, I'm a Tesla enthusiast, I think $3,000 for autopilot's a bargain. Think about how often probably a lot of us would use it. I know, again, I'd be using it on a near-daily basis in my uh, daily and weekend driving here around the Bay Area. $3,000 for autopilot, especially as, it, as autopilot advances and gets better and gets to level 3 and level 4, Three grand's a steal for a car that'll drive, eventually drive you around. You know, maybe the, the cars out today aren't, aren't going to be able to drive you around, but three grand's still not bad. Uh, so, yeah, I'm thinking three battery options now for Model 3. Uh, let's call it, again, probably like, let's just say a 55 kilowatt hour for the base 215 mile pack, uh, battery pack. And then. Maybe a, I mean, the numbers don't matter, but I think probably there's going to be a middle range battery that uh, 
will will likely get probably around 250 if I had to guess because that's you know, it just seems you know 215 for the base 250 is a is a nice kind of round number and then I think the big big battery whether it's an 85 kilowatt hour or what I think I think we're gonna get a 300 mile pack I mean it, if Tesla is go especially if the 100d which we haven't seen yet is going to be way over 300 miles it's got to be then that's that's got to be in place especially you know I've talked about this as well in the past too but Model 3, there, there is that sort of power of three old saying and the sort of rule of three. And there's that psycho, the psychological barrier of 300 miles for somebody that, that is new to electric cars. If you say the car can go 300 miles on a charge, that's, people think that's a lot. Especially two, 295 versus 300, there is a psychological difference there. So what if Elon goes for full power of three here? Model 3, 3.0 second 0 to 60 time on the ludicrous car with 300 miles of range even on the top end ludicrous battery pack. I think it's entirely possible uh, Tesla continues to push forward and I, I hope we see it. I hope we see it and I sure as heck hope I can afford to get it. That's because that's that's a... That is a mic drop for the industry, for the entire automotive industry. If, if the Model 3 hits, of course that, that's not going to be a cheap car. You know, again, that, that $35,000 base car, 215 miles of range. But if Tesla has a Model 3 that can do 0 to 60 in 3 seconds, and it can go 300 miles on a charge, and then you've got the supercharger network all built out, I mean, that's, that is a huge huge move and it's and you know and that, and that to be a car that's probably 75 to 80,000 dollars before any tax incentives at at my best guess. So if you can do all that for for that price and that I mean that's that's it. I mean who if who wouldn't want to buy a Model 3 whether you're just buying a $35,000 car, 250 miles of range is is uh, plenty or you're you're an enthusiast. You're a Tesla enthusiast, you're a performance enthusiast. 300 miles of range, 3 seconds, 0 to 60. That's going to be awesome. So we will see if I, if I am correct or not. I hope so. Because Elon's never been a guy to hold back. He has always been a guy to push forward. So uh, that is that. And, and I guess the last point I wanted to make on this, because this is really, this is the big news story for the week. After this, I'm going to move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. But the last thing I wanted to point out here and this is something I have addressed on the show before, but it's worth mentioning again. And that's this. Look how far Tesla has come in just under four years. Model S deliveries began in earnest just under four years ago. Yes, I know it was June 2012 that those first Founder Series cars hit, but the signature cars were fall of 2012. So it's been just under four years. And in those four years, we've gone from this revolutionary car that changed the world being a rear-wheel drive car that went 0 to 60 in a roller coaster like 4.2 seconds with 265 miles of range to now, less than four years later, we have an all-wheel drive car that continues to be the safest car in the world you can count the number of fatalities that have occurred in it on one hand in those four years. An all-wheel drive car that does 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds with 315 miles of range. And we've gone from level and now level and we have level two autonomous driving and countless refinements of the car. It's just unbelievable. So bravo Tesla. I'm super excited about this. I hope I get to drive it at some point. I'll be right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. This, of course, is the part of the show where I hear from you guys, my fantastic audience uh, who is so supportive and so awesome. I get so many great calls every week. Please keep them coming. If you've got a question, a comment, a discussion topic, uh, for instance, I would love to hear everybody's reactions 
to the P100D. Do you plan on buying one? What do you think it means for Model 3, etc.? Give me a call or Skype, either way. Uh, it's toll free and the number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And uh, by the way, apparently some pet insurance company must have given some people uh, my number by mistake. I guess I, I must be like one digit off from some pet insurance thing because when I was going through last week's phone calls... There were not one, but three phone messages of people looking for information on pet insurance. So that was weird. Uh, so uh, not that this applies to anyone here, but please do not call me about pet insurance. I don't know anything about that. In fact, Maggie the Boxer's pet insurance renewal is due, and it, uh, it's, uh, it goes up so much every year when they get old. It's, they want 800 bucks now for the year, but I got to do it. She's a boxer. What am I going to do? Anyway, I remind you that, of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family, telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're interested, visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's start off with Mike from Wilmington, North Carolina, who uh, has a comment regarding... Uh, you mentioned, remember last, or one or two weeks ago, the show where the autopilot guy, the guy on autopilot crashed, he was cleaning his dashboard. Well, Mike has something to say about that. Mike, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm listening to your show right now, and I just heard about the part where the guy was cleaning his dash while using autopilot, and you were kind of surprised, but I kind of laughed because that's exactly what I do almost all the time. Uh, cleaning the dash, cleaning the screen, you know, while it's maneuvering uh, and driving. The only difference here is with all these autopilot crashes, I have a feeling, I'm wondering if people are accidentally hitting their steering wheel with just enough force that it disengages the autopilot, but it keeps the, the tack on. And so your car still may be driving straight and it's still maintaining speed. But like this guy, when he comes around or approaches a corner, the car's not going to turn because autopilot's disengaged, yet TAC or traffic aware cruise control is still on. And I'm wondering if that's what's causing so many of these uh, accidents. Uh, I've noticed a few times with myself driving that I've disengaged autopilot and for one reason or another didn't realize it. And then I would turn uh, the blinker on to make it change lanes and it would do nothing and then you know, realize what's happening. So just a thought. Uh, anywho, probably shouldn't be cleaning the dash, but that's why I leave the little towel right in the center console area. But thanks a lot. I'm going to finish watching the show and uh, keep the great work. First, Mike, you're obviously awesome because you sound like a nice guy and you listen to the show and you call in. Don't, don't end up like this other guy. Don't end up totaling your Tesla. <laughs> don't clean your dash while you drive. You could, or at least wait till you get to stoplights. Uh... But you make a great point, though, and that's why I wanted to play your call. Your, your point is excellent that there is a very good chance, and you, you speak from experience as a Tesla owner, that this guy uh, who wrecked his, his Tesla may very well have nudged the wheel just enough to take it off of autopilot, but not cruise control. So uh, that is a great point. Just It just goes to show, I mean, you know, of course, all of you, nobody listening to this show is going to do something dumb on autopilot. Because I've heard from so many of you via phone call, email, you're all smart, nice, good people. I, I doubt, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but just, yeah, just use caution when using autopilot. Whether you're a, an S owner now or an X owner now, or whether you're waiting for Model 3 like me, just, you know, make sure, just be sensible with it. That's all we all need to do, and, and it'll take good care of us. All right, next up is John from Philadelphia. Uh, he's got an S as well. He's got some comments on the recent uh, publicized autopilot-enabled crashes. So, John, go ahead. Hi, my name is John from Philadelphia. And uh, I was just calling to make a comment slash question. I am a Model S owner, and I've been following a lot of these autopilot-related crashes. And one thing that seemed consistent that I've noticed is that many of these crashes, especially the, the one where 
uh, the driver went under the tractor trailer, and uh, the top of the car was was pretty much destroyed. The car kept going, so the car kept accelerating despite the fact that there had been a collision. And this has occurred in multiple crashes uh, based on what's been reported. And I'm wondering, uh, why doesn't Tesla, the car has a lot of sensors, why not place sensors that detect whenever there's a crash and cut the battery power to the wheel? Um, just a question, comment, maybe there, maybe someone else has some insight into this, maybe uh, there's uh, information being uh, uh, published. Um, but that was my question. Thank you. Great show. Keep it up. So, John, I was I was almost reluctant to play your call only because I just don't know. I don't have any any wisdom to impart here or any any knowledge that I've gained. I don't know why that seems to have happened. Now, because uh, I don't think Tesla has refuted any of the claims that the cars continued to accelerate after the crash. So... That is a really great question. If if I have missed this and this has been addressed, feel free to call in, write in, uh, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And please do, I would love to get educated on this if I have missed something. But it is that is worth discussion and it is worth digging into and finding out why. So, John, thank you for, for that call. And let's uh, let's see what we can learn there. Let's go now to Evan from Connecticut, a new listener. Hi, Evan. And he uh, has a question about viruses. This is worth this is worth thinking about as well. Evan, go ahead. Hey Ryan, this is uh, Evan from uh, Connecticut, and I just downloaded your podcast this week, and I just downloaded a bunch of them, and I really enjoy it. Um, I have huge interest in uh, purchasing a Model Three, and uh, something that I was thinking about. Um, it's kind of a random question, but that have you heard anything about Tesla working on virus protection? Uh, I, I see that these things are pretty much rolling computers and, uh, you may not think that they get a whole lot of viruses, but that's, you know, because the virus people aren't making any viruses for them. It's like when Max didn't get a whole bunch of viruses because people didn't have a whole lot of Max. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, with them ramping up the Model 3 and uh, wanting to sell a bunch more cars, uh, if they are or are they going to um, look into some kind of virus protection or uh, software protection? All right. Uh, keep up the great work. Really enjoy the podcast and hope someday you get your beloved uh, Model X. Well, Evan, it's uh, the Teslas are a closed network. I don't even know how you'd even give a Tesla a virus, unless... How did you do that? I gave it a cold. I gave it a virus. Computer virus. Are you telling us you can send out a signal that will disable all their shields? That's right, just like they used our satellites against us. You can use their own signal against them. If we plant a virus into that mother ship, it's going to then filter down into all the corresponding ships below. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Just how exactly do we infect the mother ship with this virus? We're, uh, we're going to uh, have to um, <clears throat> fly their alien craft out of our atmosphere and dock with it. We can enter here uh, as shown in the satellite photos. We then upload the virus. We then set off some kind of uh, explosion which will disable it, and that'll disorient the smaller ships below, and that could buy it, I think, at least some time to uh, to take them, take them out, take them down, do your do your stuff. Sorry, I, I couldn't resist the uh, that the, <laughs> your the way you phrased it just reminded me of Independence Day, so I couldn't help but play that that clip. But seriously, I'm no software engineer, but. I, I really don't even know how you do it without interfacing with the car on a software level. If you, you know, you said you're a new listener, so if you, if you continue to catch up on shows that you've missed, you'll hear that I, I have covered this before, and Tesla has actually participated 
in hacking events that have invited people to try and hack into the car, and they have taken steps to address that and uh, and deal with that. So um, I I think we're in relatively good shape with as far as viruses go with Teslas, but it is true you never know. But uh, Tesla is seems to be one of the most secure uh, car computers and car networks in the automotive industry. Let's go now to Tim from Minnesota, who brings up the, of course, very uh, relevant to many of us topic of the $7,500 federal tax credit as it pertains to the Model 3. So, Tim, take it away. Hello, Ryan. It's Tim from Minnesota, uh, first-time caller. I've been listening to your podcast now for several months, and I've been kind of waiting for an update on your thoughts as to whether or not you believe the Model 3 reservation holders, especially the ones who stood in line on March 31st like me, will see all or even part of the $7,500 federal tax credit. Or if you think the production numbers for Tesla as a whole may exceed the 200,000 vehicle number before the first Model 3s even make it through the production line. Uh, Based on my rough estimates, it seems like Tesla will exceed 200,000 electric vehicle deliveries earlier in 2017, maybe even as early as Q1. And if that happens, how will the Model 3 buyers qualify if they don't begin shipping Model 3s in any sort of volume until probably Q4 of uh, 2017? Just looking for your thoughts on the federal tax situation for Model 3 buyers, or maybe you have a feeling on if the federal tax credit incentive might be extended uh, depending on the outcome of the November elections. Thanks for the great work, Ryan. Really enjoy your podcast and keep it up. Talk to you later. Tim, here's the good news because uh, your your math is a bit different than mine and, and some other folks, and I think I know why. And it's and, and the news is good. the the tax The tax credit phase starting to phase out at two hundred thousand deliveries is for North American deliveries, not global deliveries. So the fact that Tesla this year, for instance, has said that they are intending to deliver 80 to 90,000 cars, not all of those count towards the 200,000, towards the tax credit number. In fact, probably only roughly half of them or so do. I'm actually not exactly sure what the delivery breakdown is between America specifically and any other market, which would also include Canada, for instance, or Mexico. So uh, that is the good news. It's still looking like, for now, it's still looking like that the early Model 3s are probably going to get it. And again, if Tesla is able to A, ship the Model 3 on time, and B, come anywhere close to their ambitious production ramp goal of you know, a couple hundred thousand cars in the fourth quarter of next year, and then half a million cars in 2018, then a lot of us Model 3 owners should see that full $7,500 tax credit. Because again, it is on a phase out. You'll still, even after they hit 200,000, the next quarter still qualify, every, every delivery in the following quarter still qualifies for that full $7,500 credit. So uh, rest easy for now, but we'll definitely all be keeping an eye on this. Our next call is from Paul in Texas, who wonders how the automotive industry will react to upgrading cars the way that Tesla is doing with, uh, of course, the, the, if I didn't mention earlier, but the 100 kilowatt hour car, you could upgrade to it. If you have, it, it'll cost you a lot of money, but if you're a Model S owner, you could upgrade to it. But uh, So he is curious about uh, insur- insurance and the industry, et cetera. So, Paul, I'll let you explain it better. Hey, Ryan, this is Paul from Texas. I was just listening to episode 54 where you were talking about uh, the possibility of updating Autopilot 2.0 and the P1 and the 100 kilowatt hour battery. How do you think Tesla, well, maybe not Tesla, but how do you think the auto industry in general? is really going to respond to these types of updates because there was already a story, I guess it's maybe a month ago or so, where 
there were people that were double checking their insurance and finding out that even though their VIN number said that they had a P85D Model S or a P90D Ludicrous or whatever, that that's not actually the car that they had and they were being overcharged in insurance rates because of it. Well, when you have a world where you can take your P90D Ludicrous and upgrade it to a P100D Ludicrous for whatever model of car you have, how do you think the auto industry and the insurance industry and all of the VIN databases that are out there, how do you think they're going to be able to handle that? Or will they be able to handle it at all? Thanks. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Bye-bye. Well, Paul, we've been told that whatever configuration a car starts its life at will be the one it officially always carries. I mean, this isn't really any different than up than, than putting a turbocharger or a supercharger aftermarket on your gas-powered car. Uh, whatever configuration it begins life with is the one it will always officially carry around with it. So with a Tesla, as it pertains to Tesla, that can definitely affect its trade-in or resale value. But of course, the nice part is in a Tesla, you'll have very official documentation that shows, hey, I've upgraded my car from a 60 kilowatt hour to a 100 kilowatt hour. So that's the good news there. And you're bringing up the insurance company mix-ups that some Tesla owners have gotten caught up in, where their insurance companies have labeled their cars as performance models when in fact they did not have a performance model and so the insurance companies were charging them more. So here's my thought on that uh, with, with regards to upgrading your car over time. I think it's on the insurance companies to track. I, though I mostly don't think it's even a big deal for insurance purposes because you can't upgrade to a performance model from a non-performance model, which is that's what insurance companies would want to charge you more for. All you can do is put more range on it, uh, which doesn't affect the car's safety at all. Or, now this is where it does though, you could activate autopilot after delivery, which in theory could, could and perhaps should lower the insurance rate as autopilot continues to be proven safer and safer than human driving. So I would be curious how insurance companies, of course, I'm not a Tesla owner yet. So I'd be curious how insurance companies treat autopilot versus non-autopilot Teslas now. Uh, I guess to know that we'd have to have like two of the same car in the same area, you know, same configuration in the same area, one with autopilot and one, one not. So I'm not sure how easily it would be to, to find this out. But I suspect there's, there's really no difference in premiums because, you know, insurance companies aren't exactly known for being the most on-the-ball business enterprises. So it might take a little while for autopilot to really factor in, and by that by factor in, I mean lower your insurance premiums. Last call this week is from Jamie in Pleasant Hill, California who has, uh, speaking of autopilot, by the way, has some information about that with regard to something I brought up uh, two or three shows back. So, Jamie, take it away. Hi, this is Jamie Palin calling from Pleasant Hill, California. Thanks for the show. I was moved to call by um, a question that came up on episode 54. You um, mentioned that a listener would be a perfect candidate for the autopilot trial program and said you weren't sure Tesla was running it. I have it on great authority that it's still available. Whether it's on the website or not is another question. But my friend Chris, who has a uh, Model S70 recently activated, recently based in the last few weeks, autopilot not having activated at the time. He took delivery of his car last December. His car was equipped with all the autopilot 1.0 hardware, and it was activated, and he did it specifically for a cross-country trip to check it out. He was advised by his wife, Jenny, that they were not going to pay the extra, whatever it is, two or $3,000 to activate it, even if it was the greatest thing ever. But at any rate, he was able to activate shortly before a cross-country trip. And last I heard, was enjoying autopilot. So anyway, it's out there and available. Thanks a lot. Bye. 
Well, thank you so much for that, Jamie. That is, uh, it is anecdotal, but uh, we're going to take Jamie's word for it via his friend for now. So that's great. If you if you happen to have a Tesla or be taking delivery and you're not getting autopilot out of the gate, you might indeed have that autopilot trial available to you anytime you want to, you know, burn that one 30-day free trial and, and give it a go. All right, that is it for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Again, so many great calls. Uh, I had to actually had so many built up over the last two weeks because, of course, last week was so busy with those 12 Tesla news stories that I punted all of the phone calls to this week. Some of them went over into the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode, which, by the way, is going to be happening again next weekend. Labor Day weekend will be the next version of that, and that is for... Uh, Patreon backers at the $20 or higher level. Actually, no, wait. What did I? No, I mean, sorry, that's the $10 or higher level. $10 or higher level. All right, again, and by the way, just one more time, the toll-free number if you want to give a ring and participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline, it is uh, toll-free call or Skype, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TS. L.A. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. First up in the plugs here, let me mention the referral program. I've got one referral so far through uh, for Kevin Raff. He is our... Uh, he is our uh, What's what's the word? I guess just sponsor, for lack of a better term, this month. He has kindly offered up his referral code. So if you're buying a Tesla, S or X, get yourself $1,000 off of it. You'll get the $1,000 off the car. Kevin will uh, start to accrue some prizes that are in the referral program. And uh, through Kevin's generosity, I will get an entry into the Model X uh, ludicrous referral raffle, which uh, is suddenly even more awesome than usual because it, was, it would have already been great to have won the, the ludicrous Model X last time, but now it's even better because it would be a P100D ludicrous that's 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds with a 289 mile range. So I would really, really love to win that. Please help me do so and get $1,000 off of the Tesla that you intend to purchase. Uh, go, here's the, the website to plug in to go order your car with this referral code. It's ts.la slash Kevin4901. Just punch that into your browser and then configure your car and order it and you'll be all set. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Of course, the Patreon is running. That is... Uh, the best way you can support me and support the podcast, if you appreciate the show and the time, energy, effort it takes to make this happen, uh, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd at least take a look at the page. It is patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, my friend Dave T. does a fantastic weekly Tesla newsletter. It delivers to your email box each and every Friday giving you a quick headline summary of the week's Tesla news. Sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. Also, be sure to stop by teslarati.com. They uh, do a great job of staying on top of all things Tesla. And for you Tesla owners, abstractocean.com has a lot of cool products. They've got some new stuff. uh, They've got Model X silicone fob pockets, as well as some really cool... Uh, with uh, lanyards. That's why I'm just trying to find the right phrasing for this. Lanyards with uh, cool Tesla vehicle silhouettes on them. That's what I was trying to say. So abstractocean.com has a bunch of uh, just very useful little uh, Tesla accessories. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already to make it just come to you automatically each and every week. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the RSS feed on the website, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. And I want to thank my Patreon producers. These are the very, very kind folks who pledge every month at the $20 or higher level. And those kind souls are Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh. By the way, DJ, I had a great... uh, He's at the $50 tier. And the $50 tier gets a, uh, 
I, we do a Google Hangout once a month, and I, I've been having a really, really great time chatting with DJ. He is good people. Out, uh, DJ out in Ohio. So Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman. Nick is uh, always very cool. Tweets at me. He's a uh, he's uh, staying on top of all things Tesla from the ground, from the Tesla store. Ralph Weiss and Jonathan Wales. And uh, again, uh, the next Patreon exclusive bonus episode, which of course is all uh, extra Ride the Lightning hotline calls, that's available to ten dollar and higher backers. So again, uh, take a look at that. And that's it. I want to again wish a happy birthday to my 10-year faithful canine companion, Maggie the Boxer, who... Oh, you heard your name. Hi, Maggie. You're so good. You're just the best. Stick with me for another 10 years, will you? I know it's not. that's not realistic, but you're just the best. I love that dog. Uh, and I love all of you for listening. Seriously. I mean, it's... This show has been going now for like 11 months, and uh, it's it's just really I've been my heart has been warmed by the the positivity of of you the audience when I when I hear from you you know it's the the phone calls the emails uh, it's just the the quality of people that are kind enough to participate in this podcast and to listen and to to trust me with an hour of your week or so each and every week. I, I really, truly am grateful for your support. And on that note, I bid you adieu and wish you happy electric motoring. I will see you back here for episode 57, of course, this time, next week and every week. Take care, folks.